Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dealing with Lifestyle podcast. My name is Fernando Ceballos. And I'm Randy Strag. And welcome to the episode. Where do you think we get the global definition of a good person? Well, I think religion plays a big part of that. Um, and that's kind of why Nietzsche talked about God is dead. Like, because religion, from my understanding, especially Christianity, helped solve all of these value and ethic problems with the Bible. And now people have been trying, people have used scientific fact to undermine the applicable values and lessons that we can learn from the Bible. Uh, and as a result, they tend to ignore those values initially. So like, I think Jordan Peterson says it well, you have scientific truth and you have pragmatic truth. And the, the Bible for me is a lot of pragmatic truth and instructions on how to be a good person. The other thing is we have a unique ability as people to understand what hurts us. And by knowing that we know what it takes to hurt other people. And part of being a good person is knowing that you can hurt someone and choosing not to because it's the right thing to do. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think about that all the time. Whenever I have these in my relationship, right with Brienne, mm-hmm. or at work, there's plenty of things that I'm like, oh, if I could just say this, I would, I'd win this conversation. Oh, it's yeah. not a matter of winning, right? right? Because if you truly want to get to a point where you're both agreeing and you're both evolving in, in this conversation, mm-hmm. if you destroy them, you've destroyed them. It's not constructive in gr- being able to grow together. Right. And I, th- I think, what, like you're saying, Jordan Peterson, there's these things that that we want to say from a, from a um, what am I trying to say here? We're not able to evolve the conversation mm-hmm. if we're just thinking about how do I win and you lose, right? Right. And from the definition of what a good person is, it's a matter of like how do we build each other up, right? I, I think the more the more literature I read, the more books I read, um, the more I come to the definition like the definition of life is to love. It's and to me like it can be that simple, right? What you choose to love is a different story, but like that's what everybody's after. And mm-hmm. so whenever you love someone, you generally want to become a better person. You want to be a good person. Sure. And I think all of the moral obligations that we have through religion, you know, can kind of be summarized to a certain extent, loving, loving your neighbor, loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going on a tangent here, something else, but, but I, I think that's, uh, that's what we should all be fighting for. Sure. Well, there are multiple levels to being a good person. Like you have these different archetypes of who you are as a person that are all subsets of your ultimate goal of being a good person, right? So let's say your ultimate goal in life is to be a good person. Well, two sub archetypes of that are that I need to be a family man and take care of my family. And I also need to have a lucrative career so that there are no financial difficulties. Okay. Well, going to the family portion, what does it mean to be a good family person? Okay. Going to my kids, baseball games, cooking dinner, helping clean the house, making sure people are taken care of. Okay. Well, those are now goals that help ultimately contribute to you being a good person. Well, and then the, the point of having a lucrative career to, to keep the family financially stable. Um, so it's okay. Well, I've got to put in the hours at work. I've got to think creatively and work hard, but I also have to balance that with the family portion so that I can ultimately work towards being a good person. It's all, 
all of the actions you take contribute to a larger goal, which contributes to a larger goal, which contributes to the largest goal, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And if anyone's really interested in learning more about that, I highly recommend Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning lecture series on YouTube. Well, it's like living living your life at the macro, right? With with micro steps. Mm -hmm. And I think we, I mean, the, the combination of the collection of your micro steps that you live becomes a macro. Mm-hmm. I think if you're just able to take those individual steps, like you're saying, towards these in little goals, it eventually can play out to the macro perspective, right? Right. And back and back to the point of incremental development. Because mm-hmm. yep. if you're not taking a, a step forward every single day, then then you, then you don't grow. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we've talked about this too. Is, and again, I get the statistic wrong every single time, but... <laughs> you know, 1% to 365 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it ends up being whatever number of percentage, right? Yep, big um, big number. And if you do negative 1% every single day, mm-hmm. then you end up with a pretty big negative number pretty soon. Yeah, and I I, I really, I want to circle back to Admiral McRaven, his, th- or no, it's not Admiral McRaven. I saw this on Reddit, I think, forever ago. It was like, no more zero days is the thing. You got to mm-hmm. do something. Doesn't matter if it's big or small, but do something that'll help take that step forward that you're talking about. So if it means like, I don't make my bed every day. Okay, well, I'll make my bed today. Cool. It's a non-zero day. I'm putting a vote towards this new identity I want to cultivate for myself of being a responsible adult. Yeah. And being okay with the fact that if you had a shitty day yesterday, in certain areas of your life, it's it's okay to continue to move forward, right? So I think yeah. a lot of times we kind of fall, and I, I've been, this happens to me a lot too, not a lot, but it happens, uh, to where I have a shitty day and a shitty day, and then it becomes a shitty week, mm-hmm. and then I just go into this spiral of this, eh, whatever, and eventually you're able to snap out of it. Granted, you're taking positive steps in certain areas of your life, mm-hmm. but whenever you do like one negative thing on one place, it feels like your whole life is falling apart. Sure, and I think we also should think of that in terms of why is it a shitty day or why are you thinking of it as a shitty day when you can instead think of it as a growth opportunity Mm -hmm. for you to overcome. And those are the ways I get out of it. Yeah. Right. Because I think you, you go through it and you're, you're feeling down yourself on a certain area of your life. But then after a few of those, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is not who I am. Right. Sure. Like, why is it that I'm trying to give up so much power to, the fact that I didn't eat my macros the last three days, right? Mm-hmm. And that becomes something else. And then it becomes more about, you know what, I'm someone who doesn't do this. And then, again, you start doing all this negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And you really start putting more power to certain things that shouldn't have that much power, right? But to your point, if you're able to really take a step back and say, why am I saying this is a shitty day? Mm-hmm. This is not a shitty day. I just haven't been doing the things that I want to do in these areas of my life. But at the macro, things are moving forward and I'm making positive steps. Yes, and um, hold on, I wanted to say something, I'm losing it, but it's all about understanding, like for me, it's it's about understanding and thinking about, uh, like if this is a challenge day or if I mess up on something, it helps me to understand, okay, well this is something that I ha- I am weak at or I'm not good at and this is something I need to make sure I am addressing moving forward because I know now that it's very easy for me to slip up on this. Like when I started dieting seven years ago to lose weight and have kept it off, I knew that it was really easy for me to stay off track and, and fall off the path. And, mm-hmm. and I had to look at it like, 
overall, you can't fall off the path. Like you're going to mess up, but it doesn't matter. Get back on the horse. Keep going. Like doesn't matter. You screwed up one day. Okay, great. We'll get back to it. Um, and for me, that works best with just extreme strict co- uh, adherence to whatever it is I'm doing. And I tend to take things to the extreme, not to like David Goggins extreme, but like when I was dieting, I was like, well, it's more black and white for you. Yeah. I mean, there's this guy I follow, Nick Barry, and he talks about like breaking the switch, mm-hmm. right? Like imagine you have a physical switch and you just turn it on and you break it. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no more turning it off. Right. So I think if every single day you have the options of, you know what, Monday, flip it on. Tuesday, flip it off. Wednesday, flip it on. Mm-hmm. You're never going to make progress, right? Because you're just going back and forth. Yeah. But if you just see it as, I'm going to turn it on and then have no more options of turning it back off. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way you know how to do it is, is go. Yeah. And I also like the idea of saying like, oh, well, I'm ready to metaphorically fall off the wagon here, recognizing that you're wanting to, and then asking yourself, what do I need to do right now to not fall off the wagon? Yeah. And then doing that thing so that you don't. Yeah. There's, there's these things that I was reading. Um, and I don't know. I can't give credit to the person cause I don't know where I read it, but they were saying that there's, there's nothing in life or no problem in life right now that you're dealing with that you can't take the right direction with a simple drinking a sip of water, uh, taking a quick nap or going for a 10 minute walk. Mm-hmm. Like usually those three things are able to give you enough clarity to be able to say, you know what? I got to keep moving forward because to your point, I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed with everything's going on. Like, you know, you look at your, your whiteboard, there's all this mm. shit happening. Right. And like, fuck, how do I move everything forward? But it doesn't, I don't have to move everything forward. How mm-hmm. do I move this one thing forward? And then the next, and then the next, and then the next. And I think that's how you kind of step back and say, you know what? I can't make everything happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's just this one thing I need to do. And right now, the next thing I need to do is take a drink of water and go for a 10 minute walk. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to do the next one. But I think if you just become paralyzed or analysis or not paralysis by analysis, mm-hmm. you just don't want to do anything anymore, right? Right. And I think that's it's it's uh, it's tough. And I think you know one thing that I want to talk to you about was, you know, doing this doing this economy that we're dealing with is finding a job during this time, right? You mm-hmm. know, people some people have gotten laid off, some people have you know been unfortunately fired, whatever the case is, like you've been able to, no matter what, going after it and made progress every single day, right? Mm-hmm. And we're now you're in a position to where you're enjoying your new role. Yeah. You know, yeah for, I don't know if we talked about it, but I got laid off early May and I got re, I got a new job on like less than a month later. So what were the steps that you took for that? Uh, well, I worked my ass off for four years beforehand to build a good network of, of supporters and friends and people I care about. And I got posted on LinkedIn that I got laid off and then my new boss emailed me that first day because two of my friends recommended he reach out to me and that's where I'm at now. Right. Like I, (laughs) like I, for me it was, I made that sacrifice early on and now I got to reap part of the reward for that. Cause you can't expect to build a network the following day. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, be trying to build your network once you really need it, you should have your, in my opinion, have your network before you ever need to call on it. Yeah. I, I just finished writing up a, uh, an article on LinkedIn. I haven't pu- published it yet, but essentially it's, it's that right. Mm-hmm. You, if you are trying to jump on LinkedIn tomorrow because you got off, laid off yesterday mm-hmm. or you're looking for a job to get a job tomorrow because you're want to quit tomorrow, whatever the case is, mm-hmm. that's too late. Yeah. Like you have to be building your network now so that whenever you do jump into these platforms like LinkedIn, you're able to really, you know, utilize the power of them. Mm -hmm. Because I just think that people are, 
they don't understand the power of networking and they don't understand the power of compound interest, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you expect one person to be able to solve all your problems, like if I only know you and I want you Mm -hmm. to fix all my problems, it's not going to happen. Right. But if I know you and I know Travis and I know all these other people, every single one of you is going to be able to help me in a different area of my life. Right. And like we would do the same for you. Like it's, you know, you're not asking me to go out and interview for you. You're asking me like, hey, do you know of anybody looking? I can be like, yes, no, here's you, here's who you should talk to. But yeah, it's, it's again, you need to make sure you build a foundation. What are the wrong ways to build a foundation? Uh, burning bridges is for sure. Burning bridges. I would say being selfish. Uh, I always approach a new friendship with the mindset of what can I do for them first? Uh, I don't ever necessarily want anything in return. I just do it to do it. And it's paid off dividends. Like, I don't think about it from the short term of like, I'm going to do this for this person so they can do this for me right now. It's like, no, I'm just going to do it for them. And hopefully if I ever need to call on them, they're willing to be there. And if they're not willing to be there, that's okay too. Like it doesn't matter. I don't need something from anyone just to help them. Like I don't need something in return. I'm helping them because a rising tide raises all ships. Like if, if, if I help somebody without the expectation of anything in return, makes me feel good. And it also, um, it helps my reputation too. And it, and it helps again, put me into that habit of always helping people. And I think that's a better way to live than <laughs> being selfish. Yeah. Counting favors is another one too. Yeah. Don't ever count favors. That's terrible. You're only going to get, you're only going to hate yourself and you're going to hate the people you're, <laughs> you're with. So one thing that I hate the most is, you know, people who tell, when was the last time you helped me? Are you kidding me? Like I did all this stuff for you the last couple of years and you're going to ask me when was the last time I did something for you? Yeah. I will never ask. That's so- not our, that's not our friend anymore. Yeah. I will never, I'll never say that and I'll never remind someone of what I yeah. did to help. I them. don't keep tabs. I don't either. I think that's like the worst thing you can do. <laughs> I had, I, my friend took me to a, a relative courtside seat at the Mavs game and he's like, Hey, thanks for helping me make this connection. I was like, I don't remember doing that, but okay, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Same thing with restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. I think to, if you take out your friends to eat, you took them on to eat. Don't expect another another meal in return, right? Yeah, it's just a treat. Right. Like, hey, let's go have fun together and on me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We'll catch you next week.